Welcome to the Watershed Podcast. Watershed is the senior high ministry of Perimeter Church, where it is our desire to serve senior high students and their families by helping them navigate life in the changing world around them. Listen and be encouraged. Well, my name is Mark Sawyer, um, and um, real fast, if you don't mind, I'm going to open in prayer, and then we'll get started. Dive right in. Um, Dear Lord, thank you for the opportunity that you've um, given me, that you've given all of us on the servant team, that you've given everyone in this room. Um, Thank you for the uh, the facilities and the talents and just um, what you've given us and what you're going to do with us. Um, Thank you for the people here and um, their willingness to come and uh, hear your word tonight and this week and um, just grow in you. Uh, Amen. All right. So like I said, my name is Mark Sawyer. I'm going to be a senior at North Granite High School, which... For most of you, yeah, there we go. Woo! Most of you, that doesn't mean anything, because um, I hope that a lot of you are not from this vicinity. But um, I'm on the missions team this year. This is my fifth gold rush, I believe. Yeah, so uh, hopefully I'll see some of you guys out there this week um, on missions and small groups and stuff like that. So as uh, you can see on T-shirts and your name tags and all that stuff, um, the theme this year is tension. And we've said that word, but nobody's really explained it yet. So I'm going to unpackage that. Um, what is what Same, is this idea of tension? I felt it with you. And I've something you should know about me, and something that my friends would say I am is I'm a nerd. It's true. Um, I know, not ashamed. But um, so when I when I hear tension, my mind goes to AP physics mode, and I think F equals negative kx. Nope, that's not the tension we're talking about. And hopefully, AP physics will not haunt me for the rest of my life. But you never know. Um, so we're not talking about that. We're not talking about superficial tension, like which is better, Justin Bieber, One Direction, or Battlefield 3, or Call of Duty. So we're not, we're not talking about things like that. Yes, I have an opinion too, but I'm sure else, all of you do. What? So, um, and also, it doesn't have to be this big conflict or this um, obvious clash. It can often be a lot more subtle um, in our lives. So when I look up tension in the dictionary, um, just preparing for this, it says, tension is a balance between an interplay of opposing elements or tendencies. Now, that's a little confusing, so I'm going to just sort of reword that. Basically, it's the presence and pull of two forces, or two opposite forces. It could be more, but we're just going to say two forces. Um, and you see tension in the real world, like um, like a balloon, you've got the force of gravity and you've got the buoyant force, or in a spring, you know, you pull it and it wants to pull back in. So everyone knows what tension is in the real world, but um, in terms of what we're talking about... Um, the tension we're talking about, everybody, everybody experiences this tension. Um, regardless of whether or not you're a Christian, you have this tension and you feel this, this pull between two things. So um, what, what, are those, what are those forces? Um, we've got, well, first of all, you've got your fallen condition or your, your sin nature. Everyone's born perfect. Um, well, Adam and Eve were born perfect. Uh, and then they sin. And so now everyone is born into this world sinful. Um, before you even utter a word, your sin nature makes you sinful, and so you deserve judgment. So you've got, on this one hand, um, what you'd call, I guess, it's your sin nature, and it's the the things pulling you to do, to be sinful and to do wrong things. But then on the other hand, you have God's law that's written on our hearts. Um, You've got Christ's example for what he calls us to live, uh, like fruit of the Spirit, loving others. So um, you've got these two forces, and even if if you're not a Christian, there's still, God still says he writes his word, um, he writes his word on your heart. So Everybody feels they know what's right and they know what's wrong. They have this conscience or this inner morality that they, they at least are conscious of when they're doing wrong. Um, so we live in the middle of these two forces, and we make choices daily based on them. 
Uh, like when your um, mom or dad reprimands you, and you, you have this great comment that you could just whip back right at them, and it'd be disrespectful, but it would be funny. Um, you, you've got you've to decide, do you honor your parents, or do you try to prove that you don't really need them or you're pretty smart? Um, or when you're browsing the internet, and you know that a few clicks or a search in the search bar could bring you into some areas that your eyes and your mind shouldn't be dwelling on, um, what are you going to do? I mean, it's up to you to make the decision. Or when your friends are, when your friends are talking about someone and they're, um, and they're just trashing them or gossiping about them, are you going to stand up for them, or are you just going to just let them continue on that? So everyone, everyone daily makes these decisions, and it's up to you to make these decisions. Um, and there's, there's this author, his name's Anatole Broyard. He was an author in the 1900s. And um, he has a quote that I think is particularly applicable. Um, he says, The tension between yes and no, between I can and I cannot, makes us feel that in so many instances, human life is an interminable debate with oneself. Basically, he's saying, the tension in our life makes us feel that we're constantly fighting ourselves. And um, Paul, actually, Paul, uh, he, was, he knows a lot about this, and he was writing about this in um, Romans. He was originally persecuting Christians, but um, then God appeared to him on the road, and um, he actually converted him, and he became one of the greatest apostles for the Christian church. But um, in Romans 7, he talks about this, and um, I'm going to read this to you guys. Uh, follow along, the language might get a little confusing, but he says, For I do not do the good I want, but the evil I do not want is what I keep on doing. Now if I do what I do not want, it is no longer I who do it, but it is the sin that dwells within me. So I find it to be a law that when I want to do right, evil lies close at hand. For I delight in the law of God in my inner being, but I see in my members another law, waging war against the law of my mind and making me captive to the law of sin that dwells in my members. And I'm going to reread verse 22 real fast. For I delight in the law of God in my inner being, but I see in my members another law, waging war against the law of my mind and making me captive to the law of sin that dwells in my members. Wretched man that I am, who will deliver me from this body of death? So um, if you look back at those verses I reread, 22 and 23, um, he says his inner being delights in the law of God, but there's this, he feels the subconscious force inside of him that um, is acting against his, um, his desires. Um, so we can, we can sort of state this as Paul senses this tension between his flesh and the spirit. Um, and so what I mean by that is, is this tension between his, his will that God gives him and the worldly desires. So your flesh is like the sin nature that I was talking about, um, your desire for pleasure and comfort, your habits, um, just those that are so hard to break, um, instant gratification, just the, the things we feel in this world. And then God's, the spirit is what we know is good and how God calls us to live and um, just how we're supposed to be loving others. So um, I've also, I've got this video clip that I think um, shows this pretty well. It's from a movie, one of my favorite movies, going back to the nerd thing, uh, Lord of the Rings. And so, I know, great movies. Great movies. The Hobbit's coming out in December, which should be good. But um, so we've got a Lord of the Rings clip. And for, the, for those of you who don't know what it's about, um, the books and movies center around this, this one ring, which is this ring of great power that uh, Sauron, the main bad guy, makes. And um, he creates it, and it has the power to corrupt um, anybody who, who has possession of it. And so um, Frodo and Sam are the two, they're two hobbits, and they're sent to go destroy this ring in Mount Doom. And um, so it's, it's their responsibility, Frodo specifically, to go and destroy this ring. And so um, here's one of the climactic moments of the, of the film. Okay. Yeah, I know. I'm sad, I'm sad to cut it off. It's such a great movie. But, um, so that's the clip I wanted to show you guys, um, mainly because uh, you can see in Frodo's face and just uh, when he's holding the ring, he's got this very obvious struggle 
um, in his mind and um, just in his body. And um, I would punch him. So, um, I mean, Frodo experienced this. He's got these two forces. He's got his responsibility um, to destroy the ring. Basically, all of Middle-earth is, the fate of Middle-earth is resting on his shoulders. And um, he has this responsibility to destroy it. And there's no doubt in his mind what he's supposed to do. I mean, he knows he's supposed to destroy the ring, so it's not like he's, he's sort of questioning that. Um, but then, on the other hand, he has this desire for power and knowledge that the, that the ring brings. And um, you know, he says, the ring is mine. He has, this, he has this sense of possession, and he sort of justifies his, um, his sin or what he wants, to, he wants to happen. So, as you can see, and hopefully you guys can remember that, that Frodo has these two forces. I have these two forces. You guys have these forces. I mean, it's, it's a universal thing. Um, for, I mean, for an example, for me, it's, it definitely comes out when, um, like, spending time daily with God. Um, I, I, have the, I have the will to do it, but when it comes to execution, I'm awful at it. I mean, um, because God says the spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. I, I want to want to spend time with God every day, but for some reason I can always find something that is more urgent or is more important that I need to be doing. Uh, when it comes time for that. So that's, I mean, that's something I struggle with, and everybody struggles with it in a different part of their life. But, um, so basically, to sum it up, we have these, these two forces. We have flesh and spirit, um, or th- our, our will, and then our, um, the worldly forces on us. Um, and also, there's another example of this tension in Galatians 5 that I'm going to read to you guys, um, short passage. Uh, he says, For you were called to freedom, brothers, only do not use your freedom as an opportunity for the flesh, but through love serve one another. For the whole law is fulfilled in one word. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. But if you bite and devour one another, watch out that you are not consumed by one another. But I say, walk by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. And then jumping to verse 25, if we live by the Spirit, let us also keep in step with the Spirit. Um, so looking back at verse 13, he says, there's this, this call to freedom. And I really like that phrase. Um, it's really cool. Like When you think about it, like freedom from what? There's this, there's this call to freedom. And um, basically, it's... Freedom from our life in sin and um, from, from the dissatisfaction on earth. Um, nothing on earth here can, can satisfy us. And people try and people fail. Nothing on earth, um, like I say, can satisfy us. Um, so God offers this freedom from our life in sin. And in heaven we'll have perfect bodies and there won't be any sin and no sin nature. And it's going to be great. Um, but that's in the future. And right now we live in a sinful, broken world. So there's this... There's this flesh, and there's this flesh versus spirit tension. And there's this tension between um, perfection and the present world. Um, and if there's one thing I want you guys to remember, it's um, one. I guess one phrase that you can easily remember this in is the now and the not yet. There's this tension between the now and the not yet. And um, I'll explain that a little more in a second. But I have a story to tell you guys first. Um, well, a little bit of background information first. I'd say I have a pretty good life here in Georgia. Um, I go to a great high school, like ranked number two in Georgia or something. It's great at football, great at academics. Um, I enjoy school. Um, I'm good at it. Like, I, I, I enjoy my school. I have great friends. I'm respected by my friends. I work at Chick-fil-A, which is, yay, go for Chick-fil-A. Friday's cow, <laughs> Friday's cow Appreciation Day. Dress up like a cow. You get free chicken. So that's always good. So... Um, so I work at Chick-fil-A, which is a great job, great uh, co-workers. I have the lead in musicals. Um, I just, I really like my life here. Um, so in, in the words of Jake, life is good. Um, so, um, but one day we were driving to pick up, my dad and I were driving to pick up my sister from discipleship or something, and he looks at me and he says, what would you think about moving to the Netherlands? And I was like, the fir- I mean, the first thing I think is like, good one, dad. Ha, nobody, 
I mean, nobody moves to Europe. Like, people visit Europe, but nobody moves there. Um, so, and for those of you who don't, don't know, Netherlands is the same thing as Holland, and it's right next to Germany. Um, lots of people don't know that. But, um, so, um, but so, so that's what I think. And, Thank you. But, I mean, I, I thought about it a little bit, and I said, Thank well, you. I mean, I'd be sad to leave here, but, I mean, think about it. It's, it's moving to Europe. That's, that's cool. And so I said, well, I, I mean, I'd be fine with that, because he wanted to get my approval um, just before he pursued it, because it'd be senior year and all that stuff. And he just, obviously, he wants everyone in the family to um, be okay with it. So, but he said, well, it's not really going to happen. Like, I mean, this is a remote possibility. He was also looking at a job in Chile and stuff. So, I mean, um, it, at that point, it was like, ugh, maybe it'll happen. But he kept pursuing it, and he, um, he applied for the job, and um, everything started fitting in. And so it turns out that he actually signed an offer. And so in August, I'll be moving to the Netherlands, which is pretty cool. But um, so when I tell people this, especially like adults and like my parents' friends, they always say, oh, well, what do you think of this? Like, what's your opinion? Because everyone thinks like my parents didn't ask me or something. I don't know. But so they always, they always say, well, what do you think about this? And so I've been asked so many times that I just have like a, like a stock answer I pull out. And basically, which is true, but basically what I say is um, I'm really sad to go and I'm getting more and more sad to go the closer it gets. But in my subconscious, I know that there's something, there's something great waiting for me. It's going to be, it may not be awesome. For all I know, it could be awful. But I mean, it's moving and it's broadening my horizon. So that in and of itself is good. So I'm sad to leave, but I'm excited for the future. So um, when we're thinking about that, um, think about that in terms of like the now and the not yet. I have this, um, I have this hope in the not yet and how great it's going to be, but I'm still living in the now, and I still, feel, I still feel the pull of my life in Georgia. And, I mean, it's great. It's not, it's not that my life here is bad, but um, I just, there's this, these two forces that are pulling on me. So in terms of tension uh, this week, so when we're talking about now and not yet, um, there's this pull between now and how we live, like our sin nature and the uh, worldly things pulling at us. And, I mean, earth, earth, life on earth can be fun. It's, I mean... It's, life is good, but um, there's, so, there's something so much greater waiting for us um, in heaven. There's going to be, uh, we'll have perfect bodies and life without sin, and it's heaven. And, uh, but everyone's stuck here on earth for 80 years, maybe longer if you eat a lot of vegetables, but you're, I mean, you're, you're stuck here for, for the entirety of your life. Um, there's this tension between the now and the not yet. Um, so tonight, um, I want you guys to... Um, Sort of think about that and mull over that and identify the tension in your life, um, the tension in your life between flesh and spirit and um, the broken world and the world to come, and just the tension between now and not yet. So sort of think about that, because that's the first step to, um, to living with it, is finding it in your life. Um, so I'm going to pray for us real fast um, to close us out, and then we'll uh, have some more great worship. So, um, Dear Lord, thank you uh, once again for... Um, just helping me translate um, this idea of tension uh, to the people here. I pray that um, you would let it stick in their minds and that you would do something in them this week. Um, I just pray, thank you for the tension um, as it shows us what is to come um, later on in life. I pray that you would do a work on us this week, um, even now as we're uh, worshiping you. Amen. You've been listening to the Watershed Podcast. Perimeter Church is located at 9500 Medlock Bridge Road in Johns Creek, Georgia. Please visit our website at watershedministry.org for more information. Thank you.